the most important thing you could share with me today is your perspective. Because the freedom of perspective fuels the logic we use to defend truth. We never stop fighting for freedom and truth, and that is what makes us Americans. Welcome to Critical Thought with Noah Chalaya. Radio 1310 KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Good morning, 906 and 6 above as we make our way to a daytime high of 20 today. The Grand Forks Public Schools has launched a page on its website titled Rumor Has It. The idea here is to spread or well, to combat the spread of false rumors across the district, according to Superintendent Terry Brenner. Terry Brenner says that the rumors which have been circulating for more than a year include claims that the district is storing litter boxes in its restrooms for student use. Critical race theory being taught in the district averaged 17 out of a possible 36 points on the ACT. According to Brenner, the rumors are propagating both locally and nationally. There are false narratives, he says, that continue to be perpetuated by groups of people for personal or political gain. I would challenge anyone who is responsible for promoting these false narratives to visit our schools and set up an appointment with one of our principals. They'll find that these rumors have no credibility. So my question to you at 775-5559, is this how you want to get information from your school? You want to go to a website, click on a link, and have what you hear in social circles or what you suspect might be happening, do you want it addressed right there on the public schools page? Here's what oftentimes happens. People have a question or something comes into the public spotlight and so people go looking for information. And an unfortunate reality of human nature is when people cannot find the information that they're looking for, they'll base it on what information they do have and they will then attempt to try to fill the gaps themselves. If you're reading between the lines, what I'm saying is they're going to make it up. You either tell them what happened or they make it up. Then they share what they think happened. And the next person that goes to look for the information finds the guesswork. And now the rumor is born and now it perpetuates. So what do you think? Is this how we should be disseminating information? Is this how you want to get information from your school district? 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Yeah, no, the answer is no. I don't need a propaganda website by uh, by the school district to sell what their narrative is. But the bottom line, you look at you look at the issues that were brought up. ACT scores, and and I've heard a lot about the school district, weren't addressed. What they, what has been addressed is the position of our schools in Grand Forks Public School District versus the other schools in North Dakota, the okay. rankings, and that is we are in the bottom third. The bottom third, all the money we're throwing at the school district, we're in the bottom third, right? Uh, with the litter boxes. Nationally, it, it has come out. People are questioning uh, whether or not there's litter box here because somebody, and I think it was Wisconsin, actually came out and said there was. The question that's been going on here in the Grand Forks Public School District is, do we have children that are acting like animals, dressing like animals, responding to teachers like animals, purring, 
meowing, scratching, barking okay. in our schools? And the answer to that question is yes. In fact, we have names of some of the students. And then the next question we ask the school district is, why is this being allowed in our schools when the dress code that you've established very specifically states that if it causes a distraction to the other students, uh, it's going to be, you know, restricted. You know, so what you have here is you have a propaganda war machine that's being put out by the school district of misinformation and disinformation trying to sway their narrative. I don't want to hear it there. I want to hear it at the school board meetings. Okay, so I here- want to hear it when... when so here's here's my question. So Grand Forks Public Schools on the ACT scores. Let's take one one at a time. Grand Forks Public School System's got a uh, twenty point thirty three. That was the average out of a, out of a possible thirty six. Okay, Bismarck trails behind at twenty point twenty eight. Fargo twenty dot twenty five. Then it falls from there. Fargo uh, West Fargo nineteen. Mandan eighteen point thirty three. Wilson or Williston eighteen point ten. Grand Forks Public Schools exceeded the national or excuse me, the statewide average of 19.61. So across the state, schools are averaging 19.61 on the ACT. Grand Forks Public Schools averaged 20.33. Which is perplexing because when you look at our ELA, and you look at our mathematics, and you look at our science scores, right, we're in the 39 percentile. 39 percentile. Okay. How does that equate? Are, are we teaching the ACT? like a lot of teachers are complaining about we're not teaching students we're teaching tests is that what we're doing are all students uh, who are taking the ACT um, even taking it to go to college there's a well, lot yeah, of I mean, of course. Yeah, I mean the answer to that I would say the answer to that is yes of course they are I mean who would take the ACT if you weren't going to college what would be the advantage I believe I heard it was uh, and don't quote me but my understanding is it's a requirement but not to graduate high school. You don't have to take the ACT to graduate. Not, not to graduate high school, but it's a requirement you take it. For a requirement for I, what? I, what is the consequence if you don't take it? I I can't I can't answer that question because I'm not I'm not intimately familiar with that. Okay. Well, that's but the fine. ACT in the ACT wasn't the major point that was been brought up many many times to the school board regarding our academic achievement in. But sir, there is a difference between uh, between holding the the public school board to a higher standard for education and saying, "Hey, we need to do better." That's one thing. It's something else entirely to say that we average a seventeen out of thirty six when, in fact, we average twenty point thirty three out of thirty six. That that is just patently. No, false. I don't know. I can't tell you who said seventeen out of thirty six again. I'm telling you, I don't even know where that conversation with regard to ACT. It, has come up well, in the I, public school Well, uh, thanks. Okay, so from their website, they cite that yes. w- what w- it was uh, political candidates, and I'm, I'm not sure if I want to throw their names out here on the air or not. I suppose you can go look it up, but uh, they handed out pamphlets that cited that Grand Forks Public Schools had the 17. Now, when the school board or when the Grand Forks Public School brought it to their attention and said, hey, this is wrong. Here is the actual data. To their credit, they pulled those those pamphlets and pulled that graph off of them. But it had been circulating for three weeks. So the damage was kind of already done. Well, so if it was on the tablet, don't be ashamed to give their name. I mean, the Barta, bottom line Jeff, of front is Jeff, that they push Jeff, it out there. Yeah. Barta was who was who, nope. uh, was who was circulating. And, and again, to their credit, they pulled it back. No, with, uh, Yes, sir. Noah, I'm Ron Barta. I never said that. 
I said, I, and let me be very explicit again, we are in the bottom third of the public institutions in North Dakota. So I don't know where you got your information from, but I never said that. I don't and think I've they been were very vocal. I've I think they were vocal on the radio, stating the one third number. Go ahead, sir. Sorry. I think they're talking about Jeff Barda, not Ron Barda. Okay, uh, District Forty Three. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not in District Forty Three, so I never got that. So I, I can't talk on that. But why is Jeff Barda talking school board stuff when he was running for this? The Senate position. The Grand Forks that public really school officials have saying. worked to combat disinformation campaign launched by three candidates who ran for office in District 43. Jeff Barda for Senate, Ethan Herschel, and Eric Murphy for the House. As previously reported by the Herald, these candidates circulated a pamphlet asserting that Grand Forks public schools averaged an ACT composite score of 17 out of 36, more than three points lower than the district's actual average of 20.33. The candidates later revised the reprinting of their campaign flyer, eliminating the chart from the school district, and leaders felt conveyed misleading information about the ACT scores. So I guess my point there, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of a, 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 it's kind of, we went to Manville to get to, to you know, to Thompson, but m- m- I, I guess my, my point here is that ju- by putting it up on the site, by just being able to go to gfschools.org and clicking on rumor has yeah. it, I can quickly yeah. get to this information. And I, I, I kind of see that as a good thing. Kind of, but the problem statement here, and, and you like that word, and, I and I've used it quite a lot. I know. Thanks, uh, Brent. The problem statement here is you're not getting the holistic information. You're getting the information put out by the school board, right? And the faith and trust of the school board really has a, a, a piece, a, a weight in the conversation. Um, the easy thing in, in uh, this instance would be, hey, you know, these individuals identified such. Where did you get your information from? Are they just making it up? And that's a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't want to go to the district's website because, again, you know, uh, the CRT information they put on there. You know, we are not teaching CRT. When you're telling people that they need to find out their, their personal biases and you're telling teachers in class that because of their race, they have these biases, that's critical race. Anytime you're saying that, that you're an oppressor and, hey, listen, you're oppressed, you're teaching critical race. I'm not, a t- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a teacher, okay? I do have a minor in political science, so I feel like I have some ground to, to speak on something like this, but I'm, I'm not a teacher. My understanding of critical race theory is it's the idea that racial disparities are actually woven into culture and into law. So it's not so much that that people are racist. It's more that we've actually baked it into the systems of society. So teaching kids that people may have bias, that doesn't that wouldn't qualify as critical race theory. The idea if you go and tell a student that because you're black, you have no ability to succeed in society because the laws are rigged against you. That would be critical race theory. Do I misunderstand that? No, you're 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 exactly right. You know, identifying a race and let's get let's get even further race, religion, national, or gender, or color, mm-hmm. right? That they are oppressed by a specific group of people. And, and when I say that, I mean, let's use white people. White people are oppressing black people. When you're teaching that, that's a fallacy. Are there racist people in America? There absolutely are. Mm-hmm. In, all, in all races, mm-hmm. you know, but they're not teaching that. They're not emphasizing that. And then you go into the whole equity conversation. They're not looking for equity of opportunity. They're teaching equity of results. Guess what? That's racist. 
Because when you start telling people that they, they, they have to be given X, Y, and Z because of their skin color or because of their, um, their gender, right? At that point, you've become the problem. You provide everybody the same opportunity, providing them the opportunity, and you let them choose what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I, I don't agree. I don't disagree with you there. I, th- I think you're, I, I think that, that on that we can agree. Uh, but I, so, so I would be against cr- teaching critical race theory in schools, but I'm also against, and this kind of brings us back to square one. I'm also against saying that a school is doing something if they're not doing a thing. I do think they're going to be held more accountable, right? I think that's the other part of this is if you put this up on the website, people will screen cap it. People will source it. People will cite it. And so it makes it harder to change the position. And I, I might articulate that's a good thing. Seven, I thank you for the call, though. Thank, thank you very much. 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Thank you for that articulate, comprehensive definition of what critical race theory is and is not. And I just want to be perfectly clear that it is not being taught in any public school. There is no evidence that any of it's being taught. Okay. And this guy, he calls in and he says that it is. They blanket every single thing under the heading of critical race theory, and they don't know what it is. Well, but but we, him and I just agreed what it was, didn't we? Right. But he's also called in before saying that it's being taught. Oh. And it's not. It's, it's certainly not being taught at an elementary level. And if this is the case in learning about social studies and the truth about American history, the reality is, the reality is, that this this country was rooted in white supremacy. How long do you think, let me ask you something, how long do you think that that should hold an effect for? What I'm saying is I want my kids to know the truth of this American's past. It's a very violent and bloody and and horrifying past. Okay. We're not going to whitewash it. So to what end, right? So, and and I ask that because if I have, if if I have a new generation of kids and they're, they're sitting out in front of you and you and I are sitting, you're a dude and I'm a dude and we're sitting out in chairs and we're talking and our two kids are playing and they haven't, they don't even speak English yet. So we have all the time in the world to figure out what we're going to teach them and how we're going to do it. And you and I were two guys having a conversation. If you said to me, I want them to know about America's bloody, terrible past because, you know, it's rooted in racism, all those things, I might say, wouldn't it offer us a better way forward if we if we taught them and focused on a a healthier way to view relationships with other people as opposed to the poor examples that we have from the past? We need to learn from the past, and I don't see any of it to be healthy to conceal the truth. It's I don't think we should healthy. conceal the truth. Knowledge, but- honest knowledge is always enlightening. It's never concealing the truth in history is not the way to go. I don't I don't you disagree know, what, with, I don't disagree with you there. I think but I don't think it's concealing the truth to wait until they ask the question before you answer it, is it? I think the way that these American history books have been written, they're they're uh, particularly uh, in our in our public school systems were 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 made in such a way that they they present the white man as the hero. Hmm. I mean, even this business about Christopher Columbus. Now, how fair is it for for a Native American to sit in that classroom and learn about what a hero Christopher Columbus is, a man, a murderous thug that committed genocide on an entire population or kicked it off? Well, and 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 we celebrate that. And and how, how fair is it to him? 
Well, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. There, there, there is definitely an element of that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'll pick it up on the other side of the break. You give me something to think about. Thank you. This is Critical Thought. Noah Chalaya. Weekdays 9 to noon on KNOX and KNOXradio.com. News Radio 1310 KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Good morning, 926 and 6 out, 775-5559. We're talking about the Grand Forks Public School District's decision to launch a website, well, a page on their website titled, Rumor Has It to Combat the Spread of False Rumors Across the District, According to its Superintendent. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. I'll go quick, Noah. Once again, uh, this is some repetition, but for that gentleman especially, Hopefully, repetition to good teacher. Four, approximately 400,000 slaves came to North America. A little over 10 million went to the Caribbean and South America. If slavery is what made America great, what happened to Haiti and the Dominican Republic? Now, as far as the Indians, there are multiple Indian nations spread across this country. They weren't just Indian, American. They all had different tribes. And if you'll study your history, you'll see they regularly fought amongst themselves, killed each other took slaves, took the women, killed the man, took the children. I can go on and on. They were no different than anyone else. And the reason they were defeated is because one of the great sayings from my time in the military, peace through superior firepower. And so you, you can attempt to whitewash history that they were just walking around as water protectors and hugging trees. They weren't. They were violent. Go look at the, and, and it's not just white. They regularly sided with our white enemies French, British, to fight against us. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a white, it was just who they wanted to be with and not be with. So stop the false teaching and closing. I'm glad that you've investigated every school district in the United States of America to certify there is no critical race theory. I'll give one example. There's a district in Massachusetts that were separating the kids, the black kids into one classroom and the white in the other. If that's not critical race theory, black, good, white, bad, what is? Thanks for the time, Noah. Have a great day. A quick question before you run, if you can. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the school publishing this info? Oh, no, he's gone. I, our question to you today is, is this how you want to get information from your school district? And I ask that because I think this is a really great idea. I think this drastically increases accountability on the part of the school district for a couple of reasons. So the first thing, as I said before, when people go looking for information and they can't find it, the sad reality of human nature is they'll just make it up because people, they want answers to questions. And so if the first person that thinks they have the answer to the question is going to get the opportunity to answer that question. So when parents or citizens or whoever has a question for the public school and the public school puts that information out ahead of time, again, the answer to too much free speech is more free speech. This is exactly the kind of solution I like to see when there are falsehoods being spread around the wrong. The, the, to, in my mind's eye, the propaganda machine, the incorrect response, the government overreach response would be 
a, you know, disinformation campaign in where they, uh, you know, go out and try to suppress people from from spreading untruths on social media or posting it somewhere or talking about it in, in any of that. Anything where you're telling somebody what you can't do or shouldn't do or shouldn't say, those things would be very concerning to me and I would have an entirely different approach. But to say that the answer here and I mean, look at the first 29 minutes of the show. Look at the first 29 minutes of the show. Look at how many people have called in and the wide range of beliefs that transpire just in 29 minutes. And those are that's that those are just three issues. And people are all over the board on where they believe, where they get their information from. It seems good to have one place to say, "Listen, if you want to debate the value, merits or demerits of teaching critical race theory, Knock yourself out. All we can say is it ain't being taught here, K through 12, period. End of story. Doug Barrett's out of the KNOX newsroom. That's next. Radio 1310 KNOX 107.9 FM. Welcome back. 939 and 7 out as we make our way to a daytime high of 20. We're talking about the Grand Forks Public School District's decision to launch a new section of their website dedicated to combating false information. Superintendent Terry Brenner said the rumors which have been circulating for more than a year include claims that the district is storing litter boxes in its restroom for student use, being taught critical race theory, and averaged a 17 out of 36 possible points on the ACT composite scores in the 2019-2020 school. According to Brenda, the rumors propagating both nationally and locally. So my question to you at 775-5559, is this how you want to get information from your school? Before the break, we had a number of people that said, no, that is a, that tantamounts to propaganda. If this, we don't need to hear from the school districts repeating what they continue to say, what we want is, I don't know, an open form, I guess, for more information. I, I'm, 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 I'm a little confused on, on what the alternative would be. But people, when in absence of having verifiable information, kind of fill in the gaps. And I don't think it's out of maliciousness. I don't think anybody sits down there like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to concoct a story. I'll just, I'll make it up. Here's what happened. I don't think that happens. But I think they get, like, you know, they get A, and they get G and then they just fill in B, C, D, E and F. And sometimes it's right and sometimes it doesn't. But, hey, that's really the only puzzle pieces that we can see that could fit between A and G. So that must be the answer, right? Is this how you want to get information from your school district? 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Hey, Noah. Good morning. Hi there. So uh, I, I can. A couple of things. Uh, one, the, the school having a centralized location 
where people can get information, um, that's a good thing. That's that's absolutely a good thing. Now, there's always the concern of who's running it and are there any motivations, but that's a different rabbit hole for a different time. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's, it's a good thing to have a centralized place to get get information. And if it's done well, if it's formatted well and ran well, it's one of those things that can really be effective. Yeah. Now, I'm – I'm not originally from North Dakota. I'm originally from the Northern Virginia, D.C. metro area. Okay. My kids still go to school there. I get push messages via text and via email from Fairfax County Public Schools, you know, telling me what's going on, giving me updates, and I can go to the website. Now, I will tell you right here now, South County County High School's uh, website there in, in, in Fairfax is atrociously laid out. <laughs> Leave something to be desired, huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Um, there was no really good information on when my oldest was going to be graduating from high school in terms of the senior class this past uh, June. Okay. And uh, the date changed multiple times, and it was just about impossible to find a solid location to get answers. Uh, and so it involved me having to change a bunch of plane tickets and stuff last minute. Oh no! Um, because it's like, oh, oh no, it's not on Friday. It's on this day. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So it has to be properly managed, and um, you can't have idiots making the website. Like it has to be, it has to be broken down Barney style. It has got to be worked to the lowest common denominator. So that everybody can get to it and navigate it easily. Well, easily. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I, so, as a guy who has a background in tech, I'm not like blown away by the you know by the uh, the technical superbness of of this. It's essentially a, just an additional page on their existing site. But I'll say this much: it does appear right. to be fairly idiot proof. I mean, it's a gigantic. That's it's basically it. a one page document that's, with three bold headlines that are the rumors and then the supporting information. That's that's perfect. Something simple like that is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That, that, that was my point about that. I wanted to touch back to a caller, though, that you had a little bit ago. Sound like an older gentleman going on about, you know, people being portrayed as heroes and stuff like that. Yes. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I grew up in the, in the D.C. metro area. Um, maybe our school system there was better. I was also in the Catholic school as well, uh, uh, system as well as the public school system. Um, I know through... You know, middle school, junior high, and high school, I never once saw anything in any of my history books saying, you know, oh, man, Columbus was the man, and he is an absolute hero. I'd never heard anything talking about, you know, portraying guys like Vasco da Gama or, uh, (laughs) you know, a whole slew of other uh, Spanish conquistadores, you know, uh, 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 being these amazing, wonderful people, uh, you know, I, I had all the stuff in my history books talking about, you know, the, the smallpox blankets, um, <laughs> talking yeah. about the people being on different, you know, different tribes being on different sides in the French and Indian wars uh, or the seven years war. Um, I, I, you know, they talked about, you know, Montezuma <laughs> and, and the, the Aztecs and the Mayans and everything that they went through with the conquistadors, uh, you know, they, they talked about all of those things. Now, 
as a as a historian, uh, both education and professionally, okay, I see it like this. There's some things where you introduce it at a young age, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of complexity and depth, depth and heavy crap in history. Yes, right? like it, you you have to you have to ease into that relative or you know a, a relative to the 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 emotional and mental maturity of so let me let me stop you right there because this is actually in my show doc so my question would be <laughs> who who you no know, you're just you're on to something who gets to be the one with the, their foot on the accelerator is that the student in the way of they ask the question we give them the answer or should the onus be on the teacher slash the parent slash the school system in where we decide here are the things that that kids need to know about our history need to you know and, and we start pushing kids one direction or the other. Now, if you answer the, I'll, right. I'll, I'll give you a, a disclaimer here. If you answer the latter, if you say, yeah, we should be pushing kids one direction or the other. Well, then the question becomes, well, who gets to decide if we classify American history and glorify it and make them heroes or make them out to be the scum of the earth? Because that's the second question we have right. to have. Now, in the first scenario, if yeah. we just let kids ask the questions and we answer them, we don't have to answer that second question, right? Right. I, I honestly, looking at it, it, it ends up being really kind of a blend of all of it. We shouldn't we shouldn't be afraid of answering tough questions presented by students, mm -hmm. um, and, and we should prevent historical information honestly mm -hmm. and unbiasedly. Um, but at the same time, that that's that. When when you're doing that objectivity thing, mm -hmm. you know, using delivering a, a lesson without bias, um, <laughs> that that being objective isn't always easy to do, and it's easy for individuals to let their own personal emotional, you know, absolutely uh, whatever feelings get into the teaching and stuff. Yep. Um, we shouldn't be afraid to touch on controversial topics or things that might make people ask questions. Like one of my favorite things to, to bring up to people, you know, who uh, aren't really well versed in history or they have a specific kind of thing, um, you know, that I used to bring up all the time was, you know, let's let's look at this thought process. Yeah, no, that's a. I, I think you're right. I so I I appreciate the call. I struggle a little bit anytime we say we're going to make the decision that we are going to be the ones driving the bus forward, right? We're going to be the ones to tell because you'll never unpack it all. The, the if you're trying to get kids to understand the quote unquote real truth, if you look deep enough, you'll uncover the real truth. Here's what really happened. I have to ask: to what end? What are you trying to accomplish there? Because there are people that spend an entire lifetime trying to dig into any particular event in history and unpack all of the nuance. And they never do because there's always new information that you'll be able to come about. And there's always different things that people will debate. I don't know that that has a clear ending, giving kids the facts. And I thank you for the call, giving kids the facts, answering questions when they ask the questions is what allows the student to sit in the driver's seat and take control of their own education. Yes, I want to know what actually happened with Christopher Columbus. What did he do to the Native Americans? That's your opportunity then to explain what Christopher Columbus did to the Native Americans. If you have a bunch of kids sitting inside of a room and you just decide, I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes, I'm going to lecture these kids and teach them about what a bad person Christopher Columbus is, what the terrible things he did, you're not going to make a whole lot of headway there. 
Yeah, it's not going to be something that sticks, I think. But what do you think? 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. That's me. That's you. Hell, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I agree with that last caller about uh, presenting an unbiased history of, of the country and objective unbiased history. You know, we had a caller before that that said, oh, America wasn't such a bad place. We only imported 400,000 slaves, and our country's uh, foundation wasn't based on it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But by the time the Civil War uh, uh, was fought, there were four million, almost 4 million slaves in this country, and they, that, the reason for that was selective breeding. So, you know, to, to, to unbiased is to present all the facts, not just some of them. And I really don't have a problem with the school district doing it because I listen to so much conspiracy theories and the QAnons and all this other stuff that goes on. And now that their cult leader has said he's going to make America great again, uh, I wonder how much of the misinformation that he puts out that his cult followers check out do their due diligence and Googling and everything else, because you have to be really lazy not to just type something into Google and go and read. Instead, just, oh, this is what our cult leader said. It must be right. And, but, you know, even and, there, right, it, depending on what you type into Google and depending on what you're looking for and depending on what source you wind up, you could get a huge variety of answers. And that's where I come oh, yeah. back. Well, so that's where I come back to if the school system, if the question is about what rumors that originated in the school system, then the answer there seems to be for the school to take the lead on that and put the information out there. It's the most authoritative source from the Grand Forks Public Schools to come from the Grand Forks Public Schools, right? It doesn't really matter what other sources out there if the the entity in question is saying one thing, isn't it? Well, well I, I agree with that. But when you're researching information, you can't be blind to your own biases when you're when you're looking things up, and and you have to be open to the fact that you may be wrong. Yeah, and your biases may be misplaced. And I don't I don't see that from the people that follow the cult. No, you're you're a hundred percent right there. I, I would even maybe take that one step further, and I would say I'm not even necessarily convinced you can run uh, a teacher class or engage in something without bias playing into it, because to a certain degree, I mean, unless you're a person of like absolute zero character and integrity, if you don't don't have any of that, then maybe it's easy enough to say, well, I'll just uh, I'll just read what the book says in front of me. But I think anybody who has like two brain cells to run together forms opinions about stuff. And no matter how much you would try to park that opinion there to a certain extent, you can't, you know, and I, I have absolutely found that to be true. Being on the air is, you know, try to keep an open mind, try to check my own views. But at the end of the at the end of the day, they just kind of slip out of me. Right. Seven, seven, five, fifty five, fifty nine. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny because the last caller, in just his description of, of the, the fact that, that people shouldn't be biased, expressed his extreme bias towards people who had a different opinion than his, the you know, QAnon and everything else. Mm-hmm. So he projected right there that it's almost impossible to, to be bias-free. Yeah, it therefore, is. When, therefore, when teaching history, what you need to do is we need to take the personal portion out of it. Um, 
it wasn't Christopher Columbus versus the Indians. Was it uh, white people against Germans and Japanese? Or was it humanity? Because if you take a look at history and you remove the color and you remove the ethnicity, mm-hmm. you will find that throughout history, humanity has behaved poorly. Well, sure. Well, sure they have. And so, but, but what we're doing is we're making heroes of one side, enemies of another side, and this is how we go end up going back to war again and again, because we're allowing the labeling of people rather than saying, yes, Indians had slaves too, so did white people, so surprisingly enough, folks, did black people. Mm. There were black people that also owned slaves. They had been freed themselves, and they owned slaves. And you can look that up, because that's factual as well. What we have to do is we have to reduce this to looking at humanity and how badly we treat each other, rather than falling back on the labeling and putting one person or one group of people as evaluated and raised above the, the, the throng. Everybody that's human treats other people poorly. Yeah, I- and it goes on. I appreciate the call. If I had a little sounder to to do a call of the hour, you would get it, ma'am, because that I couldn't have said it better myself. This is Critical Thought on News Radio 1310 KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Good morning. Thanks for listening to Critical Thought. Download the show notes at criticalthought.show. The content from this episode was taken from the live radio show, which airs every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon on Newstalk 1310 KNOX. Streamed online at knoxradio.com.